Hello and welcome to In Case You Missed It, the Joplin Globe's weekly podcast that catches you up on last week's news. I'm digital editor Joe Hadsel, and this week we'll recap the five biggest news stories from across the region. Then we'll talk to James Boone, a co-director of Joplin Little Theater's production of Xanadu, which opens on Wednesday. We'll talk about the trend of movies and stages sharing musicals, how the movie of Xanadu translates to the stage, and how the production brings the setting of a large roller rink to the theater. And now, in case you missed it, September 22, 2019. A federal grand jury indictment of E.F. Fitzpatrick Jr. on drug trafficking and firearm charges was unsealed and made public a day after he was sentenced to 10 years in prison on a state firearm conviction related to the shooting of a Jasper County deputy at a Joplin motel. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Missouri said Fitzpatrick, 46, was charged in a four-count indictment related to the shooting of Deputy Nolan Murray on March 1, 2017, at the Econolodge Motel in Joplin. The federal indictment charges Fitzpatrick with participating in a conspiracy to distribute 50 grams or more of methamphetamine from February 18 to March 1, 2017, and with possessing the drug with intent to distribute. It further charges him with discharging a firearm in the course of drug trafficking and with being a felon and unlawful user of a controlled substance while in possession of that firearm. Also in courts, Diana Bolander was sentenced to 59 months in prison on a conviction of voluntary manslaughter for the 2017 slaying of James A. McFarland of Tulsa, Oklahoma. She and her son, Ty Bolander, were hanging out with McFarland weeks before McFarland's body was discovered on April 30, 2017, along a road in southeast Cherokee County. Investigators believe Ty Bolander and McFarland got into an altercation during which McFarland suffered blunt force trauma to his head that killed him. The Bolanders were allowed to plead guilty to reduced counts of voluntary manslaughter in July. In campus news, the Board of Governors at Missouri Southern State University will begin accepting nominations from campus and community groups to form a committee to oversee the search for the university's sixth president. That committee will consist of representatives from the university's faculty senate, staff senate, student senate, alumni association, foundation, administration, and Lionbackers Booster Club. It will also have representatives from the city of Joplin and the Joplin Area Chamber of Commerce. The full search committee will be approved and named at the Board of Governors November 21st meeting. It will aid the board in finding an individual to succeed Alan Marble, who recently announced his intent to retire as president on June 30th of 2020. In community news, the Rotary Sculpture Garden at Joplin's Mercy Park is coming together. Sculptures, each with their own stone foundation, have been set into place alongside the park's walking trail. There are nine sculptures so far, with more to come in the future. Two years in the making, the Sculpture Garden is the latest addition to the park that also features a reflective pond with water fountains and a butterfly mural. It has been a joint effort of Joplin's two Rotary Clubs. And finally this week, Joplin High School and Middle School students attended Franklin Technology Center's 6th Annual Ag Expo. Organized by Joplin High School FFA officers and members, the event brought in an assortment of vendors to teach students more about agriculture as it exists in today's society. Let's go to the theater for our feature this week, specifically the interchangeability of musicals between movies and stage. There's been a trend of heightened cross-pollination over the last decade, as stage musicals such as Les Mis and Chicago have made their way to movie houses across the country, and movies such as Heathers and Legally Blonde have found new life on stages. But it's not a new trend. 
Grammy-winning singer Olivia Newton-John, in the span of two years, was involved in huge movie productions that went both directions. In 1978, she starred with John Travolta in Grease, a movie adaptation of a long-running stage musical set in the 50s. Then, in 1980, she starred in Xanadu, Robert Greenwald's visually and sensory tribute to the roller disco era. Short-lived as it was, technically that movie was a box office flop, but the soundtrack went double platinum thanks to music from Olivia, Electric Light Orchestra, and The Tubes. The story was adapted in 2007 for Broadway and earned Tony Award nominations. Joplin Little Theater's production of Xanadu starts Wednesday, so I'd like you to meet one of the two directors. James Boone is no stranger to musicals based off movies. Earlier this year, he directed the theater's production of 9 to 5, the musical. You know, the one that featured Dolly Parton and Lily Tomlin. He stopped by the Globe on Friday to talk more about the trend of sharing musicals, how the theater deals with the technical challenges of recreating a roller rink, and how his actors have been preparing multiple roles on roller skates. Hello, James. Uh, we are here on the final weekend before showtime. I imagine you're completely calm and everything's just ready to go, perfect, perfectly set on the stage and everything. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we have a few things. I'm sure everybody knows we got to tweak. I mean, we're having a choreography rehearsal tonight just to perfect our dances and, and just get everything lined up, ready to go. Good. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I've never heard of a musical <laughs> that is truly ready to go. A full five days before the first, the first, the first I'm, show. I'm going to admit, however, we have actually been doing full runs with this cast for over a week and a half now. Oh, nice. They have been working hard to make it the best that they can, and it has been... It's actually been a blessing. This has been one of the best casts I think I've ever worked with. Good deal. The uh, It seems like there's a lot of musicals a lot of newer musicals that are coming that, are, that seem to be bringing new generations to the theater um, probably helps that some movies are finding their way to the stage. Some stage shows are finding their way to the silver screen. There seems to be a lot of a cross-pollination, but mm-hmm. uh, they, the, the productions seem pretty outstanding. Um, is this a recent trend? Actually, I want to say yes and no. However, what's been a recent trend is getting those uh, musicals actually updated. Moulin Rouge actually is now on Broadway. Uh, if you saw the movie with Nicole Kidman uh, mm-hmm. and Yuri McGregor, I think is his name. That is, yeah. Um, they used a 80s, 90s style of music, Like a Virgin and uh, My Gift is My Song, some great music, which I actually loved because that's my generation. Right. But I just listened to that new music, and they are pulling in things like Lady Gaga and Katy Perry and people like that. And so they're really enticing a newer generation of people with the music that they already love. When it comes to stage production, I think one of the things about Xanadu is that it took this long to begin with. That movie, man, what a sign of a... In 1980, it was Mm -hmm. probably one of the most glowing, most fanciful examples of the disco era. And you had a powerhouse like Olivia Mm Newton-John, Gene Kelly in his final film role, uh, music by Jeff Lynne and Electric Light Orchestra, a fantastic soundtrack, Don Bluth animation. I can't think of what wasn't in that movie. Yeah. I mean, George Lucas was probably in there somewhere. 
How genre-defining was that movie? Well, I think what it was a very important movie, honestly, to tell you the truth. Because it took the older style of musicals and really morphed it into something that was trying to be uh, innovative and fresh and new. And you, when you talk to a lot of people, they sit there and go, oh, Xanadu? That wasn't that great of a movie. Now, a young man <laughs> <laughs> in the 80s, I had a heartthrob for Olivia Newton-John. She was one of my favorites. And mm. so I loved the movie, and I never thought anything else about it. But the innovativeness of it was outstanding. The uh, Whenever You're Away From Me song, where they morph into that past and have that flashback where she comes into the present to dance with him. And the uh, cartoon, Fish, Bird, a whole scene of uh, Don't Walk Away. I mean, they they did some really innovative stuff back then yeah. with this musical. That must be a challenge, translating such a visual spectacle mm. to the stage. How well does Xanadu work on stage? Actually, I think it works better on stage. To tell huh. you the truth, I know that's How? hard to say <laughs> uh, because, uh, like I said, growing up, that was just eye candy, you yeah. know, as as a, as a movie. But this show, what they did was they enhanced it even more with the story of civil rivalry with uh, the evil sisters. They bring the muses out more in this show than they did in the movie, and that's what I think helps bring it to a better light and makes it even funnier and more tongue in cheek and, uh, and, and even better words, it's corny and it's great. <laughs> and it's great because it's corny. They really do play on love, the rivalry that the sisters have for Kira. That's just all natural story of how everything goes. And, and so to me, it works fantastic. And I can't wait for you to see our version yeah. of it. Um, and we've worked really hard. But there's a lot of uh, aspects of it. When you watch the movie and you watch this show, you're going to go, yeah, I really like that. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned Olivia Newton-John. Uh, yes. She was a powerhouse in that era. Two years ago, before Xanadu, she did a little movie called Grease, mm -hmm. um, which has been one of the, uh, the, the best-selling musicals of all time. Four Grammys won. Um, tell me about your Kira, uh, the person yeah. taking on. How how challenging, how tempting is it to turn to Olivia Newton-John? And how how do you balance that with wanting to see your own vision yeah. for that character? Uh, our Kira, her name's Charlotte Warden. She is fantastic, and she has a beautiful voice. And she has her own powerhouse voice, which... That is important. You have to have that first. Yeah. And uh, it has been a challenge because you take that Australian accent and you make it even bigger and make it more characteristic. So that way uh, you're not looking at her and going, she's just trying to mimic Olivia Newton-John. Uh, she's actually gone above and beyond to to make it even funnier. The uh, bigger challenge, you know, this she will be on skates. 95% of this entire show. And so I I applaud her because she was a okay skater. <laughs> and so, uh, but uh, she is going to have one modern element to her skating and she's going to be wearing wrist braces. But, you know, <laughs> safety first, people, safety first. Uh, but she has done a fantastic job of trying to get those inflections, 
but yet not try to mimic Olivia Newton-John specifically. So that way it's her own character and she brings it to life. Tell me about the rest of the cast. You mentioned that there's already been several full run-throughs. Yes. Uh, the cast has also done fantastic promotional things. They they did a halftime show at a yes. roller derby meet. Yes. Uh, yeah, how much fun is the cast having with this show? We are actually having a blast. There's actually only nine people in this cast. Uh, now, there's several roles. Okay. Uh, we have... Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven muses all together. Mm-hmm. And four of those muses actually play about four different parts each. And so they're in and out, in and out. And th- they're having a blast, though. Yeah. They love the costuming. Our costumer, Stephanie Jackson, has done a phenomenal job of making almost everything and pulling it all together. And uh, they're having a great time because it's not one of those shows where, oh, here's this one person who is, you know, a chorus member. You see them in the first, you know, a little bit, and then you don't see them again until the end. They are in the show the whole time. Uh, We had a blast at that roller derby. First of all, I I was telling you, I've never been so entertained by watching the women just beat the tar out of each other. It was fantastic. (laughs) And it's so complicated. Yeah. That game is complicated, and I did not realize that. Uh, yeah, I, I did a story about that game returning, and I looked at the rules of roller derby, and dude, I, I'm a football fan, and mm-hmm. it took me a couple of read-throughs to make sure I was explaining things right. And, I uh, s- yeah. still feel like I've missed a few things. <laughs> and so uh, there was a couple of wow moments. Yeah. Uh, watching them and their talent for getting around those big groups of people, it, I just, I loved it. Yeah. And then for us to be able to come out and provide for them a halftime show that was almost very reminiscent of, you know, being on roller derby, because let me tell you, it was a little sticky on that floor. <laughs> and uh, I thought we were going to go flying ourselves. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, no one fell. Yeah. That's important. Okay, with a smaller cast, that mm-hmm. means everybody has much more work to do. They have more lines. They have more singing. Absolutely. And then throw in the roller skating. How many of your cast members had never roller skated before? I'm going to say I think I only had two. And they were actually our younger ones. Um, I have an age group from 48. Let's see. How about 46? I'm not that old. 46 (laughs) uh, to 13. So that age group that was the younger ones, they didn't actually know how to skate. And so all us old folks were teaching them how to roller skate and how to <laughs> to move and how to turn and how to stop. Stopping's important. Good, yeah. And so... Did you show them how to use a payphone after that? You show them what it was? And, yeah, yeah we, we do have a payphone. <laughs> and uh, they're like, what's that thing? Oh, that's called a cord. Yeah. You know, and so it's... It's been really fun watching them and getting into their costuming and stuff because it's very 80s. Yeah. They're like, you know, this is kind of cool stuff. And it's like, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're spoiling anything too much. No, um, no, no. Zan- the, the end result of Xanadu is a massive, wonderful roller rink. Yes. How do you bring that massive roller rink to the stage of Joplin Little Theater? Well, actually, one of the things that is actually unique about this show... Uh, when they did it on Broadway in 2007, they actually had it in theater in the round, which means hmm. there's people all the way around you. So we have, for the first time um, at Joplin Little Theater, we have actually put theater seating on the stage. You can actually buy tickets to be on stage as oh, an wow. audience member. And so it's not huge because we've condensed the stage a little bit, but we have brought in the 
lights, the colors, the signs, the the disco balls. You got to have the disco balls. Absolutely. And yeah. if we've got all of that going on, flags, hula hoops, uh, it's it's a spectacle going on, and it's going on right in front of you, which is. Uh, makes it even better. And it's been a challenge. Do you know how many times when you're told by a director, please, you know, face forward. And it's like, <laughs> no, wait, you've got to remember there's people behind you now. And oh, wow. so it's it's been a challenge in the choreography and the staging because we're like, well, it works this way, but it doesn't work this way. And but everybody's really uh, rising up to that challenge. And so that's what's been making it made it special. Excellent, right. excellent. The uh, the production of Xanadu opening night starts Wednesday, or that is Wednesday. I know that uh, I know that we geeked out a little bit about the new fly system and talking about how you redid your production yes. of nine to five thanks to yes. that. From a technical perspective, what kind of challenges presented themselves in bringing Xanadu to the stage? Actually, I think one of our our biggest challenges that we have right now is when we do a musical. All of the voices and just a little bit of music goes forward. The only thing that usually comes backward is music. And so you actually can't hear voices on the stage. And so we've had to uh, revamp all of that and put speakers behind us hmm. with our voices coming out, which causes, sometimes it causes squeals. And so we've had to really work hard to get our sound just working to the best that we can because biggest complaint anyone usually ever has of the theater is i can't hear yeah i couldn't hear it and if you can't hear it you're not going to get the joke and we want y'all to understand get the joke and laugh and have a great time and so that's been a challenge for us and then just the challenge we are actually using i think four out of five flies so i mean i've we've got disco balls coming down and uh, <laughs> moving lights and all this i mean it's it's going to be a great show and and we've really worked hard to try to get uh as much of that essence of Xanadu into our show, it's it's going to be a great show. Being a director is much different than watching. You already mm -hmm. mentioned how much you loved watching the film Xanadu yeah. when you were younger. What has being a director in the process of getting dental into that script taught you that you didn't know about Xanadu before? I think that it has taught me that Xanadu is the greatest gift that nobody knows what it is. Hmm. It's never explained. It is really never explained. On the, You think about it, it's never really explained. And so the closest you get, Zeus has a line at the end where he says, that is Xanadu, to be able to create. That's all you get. Hmm. And so, and that's actually a line from the show. The gift's so grand and rare that nobody knows what it is. Wow. And so I think that's one of the things when you're really diving into this and you're having so much fun because the music, oh, that music is fantastic. And you're having a great time with all of this going on in the action and the comedy. And yeah, it's just never really explained. Good. And so, <laughs> that, so, yeah, I never thought about it that way. But what a, what a, what an affirming, empowering message for an artist, yeah. though. Yeah. Well, James, thank you. I appreciate you stopping by to talk about You're Xanadu. Uh, and yeah, we're looking forward to seeing it on stage. It runs from Wednesday until Sunday. Break a leg. Thank you. Just not on roller skates. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>
I feel kind of bad. During the interview, I forgot to mention to James that uh, Olivia Newton-John's most recent role was in 2017's Sharknado 5, Global Swarming. Um, I have never seen any of the Sharknado movies, but I guarantee you that if somebody figures out how to make a stage musical for Sharknado, I am there, front row, if I need to wear like Gallagher-style tarps uh, in the watching of it, I will gladly do that. And that will do it for this week's episode of In Case You Missed It. Everything you heard and so much more can be found on our website, JoplinGlobe.com and within the pages of each day's edition. I'm Joe Hadsel, and on behalf of all of us at The Globe, we hope you have a wonderful week. (laughs) 